you're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. In this podcast, we're going to talk about Kevin Sorbo and his wife, Sam, going completely off the rails and yelling about evil atheists trying to take over the world. Naturally, he uses it as a pretext for Christian nationalists to take over the world first. QAnon leaders falling apart when they heard Michael Flynn denounce the movement as a bunch of idiots that are chronically online. Christian nationalist Eric Metax is telling his audience there's no reason to fear theocracy. We should embrace it. Televangelists only have our best interests at heart. We also take voicemails. If you want to leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. The thing about it, me and Adidas, is like, I could literally say anti-Semitic shit and they can't drop me. I could say anti-Semitic things and Adidas can't drop me. Now what? And then Adidas dropped him. Anybody remember that? <laughs> After he said a whole bunch of anti-Semitic stuff. Now what? Now they drop you. Uh, yeah, it, it, justifiably so. Also, when you say some of the things that Kanye said, it's totally justified to drop him from everything, in my opinion. I mean, it, it got bad. The most Nazi-like activities I've seen, um, and, and the Nazis, in my view, were thugs that shook people down to a lot of really bad things. But they did good things, too. We're going to stop dissing the Nazis all the time. Jesus, dude. Seriously. Or, or what about this one? Seriously. I've, I've really studied a lot of history. Plus, I had family that was there. And so, I mean, I, I don't think Hitler was a good guy. I get the, uh, the Hugo Boss uniforms. Amazing. Uh, but, I mean, just because you're in love with the design, you're a designer, can we just kind of say, like, you like the, the you like the uniforms, but that's about no, it. No, we, we, no, I, there, there's a lot of things that I love about Hitler. A lot of things. Yeah, he's straight up anti-Semitic. I mean, that's beyond anti-Semitism. That's an, a full-blown endorsement of Hitler. And at a certain point, it totally makes sense that, that you know, Adidas would drop him. But there have been consequences to this there have been social ramifications that came as a result of kanye saying and doing what he said and did on Infowars, on a bunch of other platforms there it wasn't just Infowars. now let's talk about some of those consequences because i got a phone call from somebody who's dealing with it directly this is a voicemail somebody left me the other day Hey, Owen, this is Mara from Baltimore, Maryland. Um, I just wanted to call you because today we were talking about the Nazis in class. I'm a teacher, uh, 11th grade English. Um, and a kid said to me, but Ms. Jews are in charge of everything. Kanye said so. So if you could just give me some talking points as to how to debunk that, that would be excellent. Uh, thank you so much. Love what you do. Yeah, I appreciate the phone call. Um, the the I would start out by saying that directly challenging the ideas that they espouse there may not accomplish anything. They may succumb to what's called the backfire effect, where they just shut down, don't want to talk about it, refuse to accept any evidence that you provide, or come up with counterclaim after counterclaim after counterclaim, try to shoot it all down. So a Socratic reasoning style might be helpful like a street epistemology type of question that leads you to correct conclusions. Anthony Magnabosco famously has a, a YouTube channel that shows you how to do street epistemology or like a street or a Socratic reasoning method. 
So you could check his channel out if you wanted to give it a shot, see what he has to offer. But, you know, the fact is the Jews don't control the world. The fact is they do not control the big banks. They do not control the media. They do not control any of this stuff that they list. A lot of these claims came from a document called The Protocols of the Elders of Zion. You know what? Let me just play a little clip that I prepared the other day for another video that I made that kind of explains what the Protocols of the Elders of Zion is and how it's linked to the rest of society or how it's kind of carried through to today. Just listen to this clip that I have. In 1902, newspapers in Tsarist Russia start publishing this document called The Protocols of the Elders of Zion. They came up with, I don't know, like 15 or 18 of them, or I don't remember exactly how many. They claimed that they found these documents on dead Jewish soldiers, and they were like articles that describe how the Jews were going to like accomplish world domination. Now, this is completely made up. It was anti-Semitic propaganda, obviously. There was no dead Jewish soldier. There were no elders of Zion. It was all completely fabricated from the ground up. But it was used to demonize a minority group within the country. And if there's one thing we've learned over the past couple of years even, it's that fascists and extremists love to blame all of their problems on minorities. Hitler, when he eventually came around even reprinted copies of the Protocols of the Elders of Zion and wrote about it in Mein Kampf, like talked about how the Jews are trying to take over and all this other stuff. But in 1923, about 20 years after it came out, it was discovered that the Protocols of the Elders of Zion was actually plagiarized, full-blown, copied and pasted, or the... I guess the writing version of copied and pasted, <laughs> the, the early 1900s version of copy and paste, straight from a, an 1854 satire book, a French satire book that didn't even mention Jews. It was just straight up plagiarized. 80% of it was plagiarized from this 1854 book, thus putting the final nail in the coffin, proving that this was completely forged. It was fake. It was just propagandistic bullshit created by, you know, anti-Semites to destroy the Jewish community. So that is what the Protocols of the Elders of Zion is. This is actually a copy of it right here. Protocols of the Elders of Zion. It was compiled into a book in 1905 called Protocols of the Meetings of the Learned Elders of Zion. A little bit longer, but yeah, it, it's all fake. It was all completely faked. I'm not exactly sure how many protocols there are. Ten at least. There may be more than that. Well, anyway... Protocols includes things like, uh, just listen to like one or two lines here. In miserable Russia, the Jews are less than 5% of the population, yet they hold over 90% of the official positions. Russians and Jews are very much different, yet Russia is governed by a mere handful of unprincipled Jews. The 95% of Russians have only a 10% say-so about their own government, and even the 10% in office are but lickspittle, or fronts, to the domineering Jews. To the reasoning mind, such a condition of affairs seems impossible, yet the condition exists. In fact, a careful study to the protocols alone will clear up the mystery. Now that you've read that one sentence from 
the Protocols of the Elders of Zion, a book supposedly discovered on a dead Jewish soldier written by Jews in power. Listen to what this televangelist, Lance Walnaw, says. He's about to explain Seven Mountains Dominionism, or se the Seven Mountains Mandate, which is the televangelist's plan to take control of the country. I'm not joking. This is from early March 2022. 3% of the population, roughly 3 to 4% of the population, are radical leftist elites. 30% of the population are evangelical born-again Christians that are inclined to go towards Pentecostal language. I mean, we're really out there. 30% against 3%, but they neutralize the church because they're also in religion. They've changed the definition of marriage, so they've taken over family. They've totally taken over academia, so the education institutions are teaching leftist theology or leftist ideology and silencing uh, conservatives. They're controlling government right now. They've taken over legacy media, Hollywood, entertainment, and, uh, and arts, and uh, now they've got Wall Street. These are the seven mountains, the seven areas of society that they want to take over to control society in a Christian nationalist state is what he's describing right now. This came straight out of the Protocols of the Elders of Zion, directly lifted from it. Did Lance Walnaut lift it? I don't know. Somebody did and provided this information to him and he started repeating it. Somebody lifted it directly from Protocols. This is 3%. 30% of the, of the population is Christian. How is it that 30% are dominated by 3%? They have a worldview for bringing their kingdom here now. I'm dead serious. This came straight from protocols. Jews are less than 5% of the population, yet hold over 90% of the official positions. Russians and Jews are very much different, yet Russia is governed by a mere handful of unprincipled Jews. I mean, you're seeing similarities, right? There are other similarities. I can't find it at this moment, but there's another part that talks about Jews attempting to spread Darwinism and Marxism through society because they're wonderfully destructive ideologies. They're trying to spread them through society to destroy society. Does this sound familiar? Darwinism, Marxism, saying that they destroy society. The leftists are setting out to destroy it. Seriously. Word for word, the tactics being used on the right at the moment. That's what Protocols of Elders of Zion is. That's what it's all about. That's where a lot of televangelists are getting their ideas from. Directly, I don't know. Setting out to deceive, I don't know. Do, are they even aware of this document? I have no idea. But it's copied word for word in some situations, and it's uncanny. Oh, here's another one. The idea that Jews eat babies or that the elites drink adrenochrome from children. That's straight from Protocols of the Elders of Zion. QAnon is nothing more than a rebranded Nazi death cult. Every conspiracy theory you, you can come up with came from this document. The Great Reset, QAnon, there are a billion of them out there that came from this. Here are a couple more. Uh, cancel culture came straight from the protocols of the elders of Zion. The Great Reset, the Great Replacement conspiracy theory where they're trying to bring in immigrants from other countries and get them citizenship so that they can vote in our elections to flip the elections to like democrats that's all fabricated nonsense doesn't work that way and it's from the protocols of the elders of zion every cons every major conspiracy theory you can think of is from that document now that took me about 10 minutes to explain
the little fire that somebody can light in 30 seconds or even 10 seconds by saying, well, that's what Kanye said. That's what Kanye was repeating. Kanye says that the Jews control the world or that the Jews control the media or this or that or whatever. You can start a fire in 10 seconds and it takes me 10 minutes to put it out. And ultimately, these people are not looking for evidence. Evidence probably wouldn't convince them. Like I said earlier, it would likely cause a backfire effect. So you can explain the evidence if you have the time and you want to sit down with each individual person. But reasoning them out by asking non-confrontational questions in a Socratic reasoning style, like street epistemology style, like you'd find on Anthony Magnabosco's YouTube channel, that's a really good way to try to get somebody to kind of come out of their shell and wake up to the fact that this is all completely made up. Nine of the ten biggest banks were not founded by and are not run by Jews. There's a single famous Jewish bank that was started by Jewish people, which is Goldman Sachs. And I believe it stayed in a family through the generations, so it's still run by a Jewish family. That's the only one out of ten that was founded or run by Jews. Now, I, there might be one or two Jews scattered throughout you know, the, the banking industry. They're, they do not make up a disproportionate amount of people in the banking industry, like people claim. It's all completely made up. So take that for what you will, and hopefully that'll help contribute to conversations that you have on the subject. Good luck. I, I can't imagine that's fun. Hey, Owen. Guy Young, Brookville, Illinois. Time to beat the drum again. Sarah Huckabee Sanders, okay, governor of Arkansas, has now passed a new uh, uh, <clears throat> law that prevents teachers from teaching CRT, CRT in uh, Arkansas schools. So, and she says that's to protect uh, parental uh, rights, okay? No CRT and no say, don't uh, say gay in schools is parents' rights. It's the right for parents to raise the next generation of racists bigots, intolerance, xenophobes, haters. Good going, Sarah, but we knew what you are going to do anyway. Yeah, what fascinates me about that is uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, brand new governor of Arkansas, as mentioned, that's not all she did. She did ban CRT in schools and a couple of other things, but she also banned use of the word Latinx. Now, I th think that's a stupid word, honestly. I don't see the point, but it's honestly not even my fight. I don't speak Spanish. If Spanish speakers want to use the word Latinx, go nuts. They don't seem to. Seems to be a deeply unpopular word within the Spanish-speaking community, but okay, whatever. But to ban language like that, to ban words, these people claim to be free speech absolutists, don't they? These people claim to care about censorship. This is literal censorship, government censorship that we're talking about. Banning words. Now, I don't think she banned them for everybody to use. I think it's like on government forms and stuff, I assume. I, I hope. But at this point, I wouldn't put anything past them. Seriously, it's nuts. Hey, Owen. My name is Victoria. I currently live in Nevada. I have left you a message before. It was when I lived in Texas. Um, this isn't anything about a question or anything like that. 
Um, and I don't really care if anybody else hears this, but I've had the worst day today. Um, and I'm not going to get into detail about it, but, um, I was watching your video, commented on it, and you ended up like 10 minutes after I commented, um, liking it. And I just, um, wanted to let you know how, um, much that made my day. I know it was something very small and insignificant to you, but honestly, um, 30 minutes prior, I was in a heat storm of rage and tears, basically. And um, I don't know if I necessarily believe in fate or anything like that, but I just wanted to let you know how much you encourage um, people and how much we appreciate you for everything that you do and bringing light to situations that are difficult for others to talk about. So. That's all I have to say. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate the voicemail, and I'm glad I could help contribute in some small way to make things a little bit better. I didn't have to play that voicemail. I I obviously listened to it earlier, but I did want to make a point about this. Um, as public figures, as people who others look up to, it's really easy to make somebody's day better by commenting on what they say or even something as simple as liking a message that they've left or listening to it or responding to it or whatever. It's super easy to make somebody's day. But in the same vein, it's really, really easy to ruin somebody's day. Now, I don't know if any public figures even listen to me. I would love it if they did. You know, anybody who's in a similar position to me where they have a YouTube channel or a Twitch channel or something like that. I don't know if others listen to me or not. I know I don't listen to a lot of other atheist YouTubers, but just in case they do, it's important to be aware that any negative interaction at all, anything, even asking a simple question in a sarcastic way, can lead to ruining somebody's entire week. It is so easy to ruin somebody's week or to make their week you can build them up or you can tear them down when you're in a certain position like i am or like a lot of other youtubers are and a lot of people don't realize that that's why it's so deeply important to to me in my opinion to never insult anybody if at all possible avoid it at all costs never insult Especially if you're talking to people directly in comments or something. Don't ever insult somebody. Don't ever make fun of somebody. Don't ever use sarcasm. Don't be a D-bag. Because that one simple act that you do holds so much more weight than the power that they hold over you. Yeah, they can piss you off. They control you. They can make you feel like shit. But you can wreck people's lives by just being a sarcastic D-bag, as evidenced by this voicemail, how effective it is for me to just go around on the internet and like people's comments and interact with them and talk to them. There's so much power in the hands of public figures, and I feel like most of them do not take that seriously or care about it enough. So anyway, I just want to draw attention to it, just in case anyone's out there listening. Uh, hello, Owen. Uh, this is Max Fisher. 
uh, I live in Illinois. I was just thinking about uh, your mom. Uh, your mom! And, and that video where you and Kylie and... Oh, okay. I guess it was uh, non-aggressive. Well, your mom anyways. And uh, I, I don't... <laughs> Let me step back. <laughs> your mom. Uh, and, and that video where you and Kylie and... Uh, I, I don't remember. Some nebulous family member and your mom. Uh, I was just your mom. Thinking about that video and how... You know, she was talking to you uh, and saying absolutely atrocious things. Yeah, so uh, the video that is being referenced here is an argument that I got into with my mom forever ago. It was the last time I spoke to her. We speak very, very infrequently, or spoke, like once a year, basically, if that even. We, we talked over the past, like, I don't know, 15 years or so, since I was 18, and... Uh, Last time I spoke to her, it was because my grandpa was really sick. Or no, 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 no. Last time I talked to her was because I had a family member visiting who wanted to see me, and we live fairly close now. My mom and I do, within a few hours of each other now. So my mom was gonna like meet up with this family member so I could see them and all that stuff. And I get in the car with my mom, and she just, ugh. I we had it was raining outside. We get out of the car, and I had an umbrella in the back of the car, but it was a rainbow umbrella, a pride umbrella. So I, I asked my mom if she wanted to use the umbrella, and, you know, it was obvious that it was a pride umbrella, and she said no. She didn't want to use the umbrella, basically. And she took that as, like, me shoving it down her throat, offering her an umbrella, the only one that I had, despite the fact that it was a pride umbrella. She wouldn't use it because it was a pride umbrella. So that's what the, the conversation was over. Listen to how it went. Then you don't like that about me. No, I do. I'm okay you with you. You love it that I don't like a pasta, No, right? I want you to be in my life, even as a Jehovah's Witness. I want, I want you to. Why would I love to be hated by her? Like, it doesn't make any sense at all. Life, even as a Jehovah's I Witness, want I want you to that. be in my life, even as a disfellowship person. Perfect. Not no, no apostate. I cannot do apostate. I don't period. need to talk about anything Jehovah's Witness related. Yeah, but with you've been you. poking at me the whole time, shoving your pride crap in my face. What she's talking about is the umbrella that I offered her. It was a rainbow umbrella. That's shoving pride crap in her face, apparently. In all seriousness, Jehovah's Witnesses are incapable of leaving religion out of it. She thinks that it's me bringing up religion. It's really her. I just wanted her to use an umbrella. I wasn't shoving it down her throat. Jehovah's Witnesses program their people to constantly talk and think about the religion nonstop. And if the people around you aren't receptive to it because they're disfellowshipped or they're on the outside of the religion for one reason or another, or they don't want to hear about it, or they have other ideas that they want to offer to you, it's a problem. They won't put up with it. That is what the whole argument was over. A Jehovah's Witness and a non-Jehovah's Witness will never be able to be friends if the Jehovah's Witness is living up to the standards set out by the governing body because of the personality they program into their people. It's impossible. Keep listening. Shoving your pride crap in my face. Okay, so I think we've established you don't want to be in my life. I, we have established that because... Because of who I am. You're apostate. That is correct. Yeah. You're the one who makes 
miserable by insisting on being something that you know is repulsive to me. I want you in my life, Ma. Well, I don't want to be in the life of an apostate. I'm very sorry. That's okay, it. Okay, I just, I, I know that. So in the course of that conversation, she said, I make her miserable and I'm repulsive to her. That was pretty sad to, to deal with. And that's actually the last time I heard from her. I did tell my aunt that I didn't want to see my mom again until the day she's in a coffin after that conversation. No, actually, it was, uh, you know, I did see her one more time. It was at my grandpa's funeral, and things went even worse than that, if you can believe it. So, anyways, yeah, that's a conversation being referenced by the voicemail caller. And it kind of reminded me of Darth Vader from uh, Star Wars and how Darth Vader always says that Anakin Skywalker, his original self, is dead and that he is what remains. And it kind of reminds me of your mother and how... Your mother! mother and how the cult sort of killed her and this is her new identity and i hope that your real mom not the cult is still in there but it's hard to know uh you don't have to play this if you don't want anyway uh thank you so much bye yeah i appreciate the uh the voicemail decided to play it anyways i don't think that there is anything left of the ex-Jehovah's Witness or the non-Jehovah's Witness. I don't believe there's anybody in there anymore. It is only the Jehovah's Witness remaining after all these years. But even if there was somebody left over from before, even if there was part of that original personality, I don't care anymore. I'm done. I spent 15 years trying to work with her and work around the rules that she set up so that we could even have a relationship in the first place and she shot them to pieces every single time you know something as simple as i'm not bringing religion up not going to talk about it but i happen to have a pride umbrella in my back seat and she needs an umbrella i give it to her suddenly she's breaking rules she can't show support for the pride movement and i just gave her this umbrella Literally every single piece of her life revolves around this religion. And if that's not how it works for you, then she can't be in your life. There is nothing left of her original personality, in my opinion. And, that, you know, that happens sometimes. I was born into it. I didn't have an authentic personality. That's what we call it in cult circles, an authentic personality. I didn't have one. My authentic personality was formed out by the religion. She had an authentic personality before joining, but it's gone. It's long gone. She is who she is now, and I just don't want to see her again until she's in a coffin, honestly. Anyway, yeah, thank you so much for the voicemail. I appreciate that. Uh, Thank you all for all of the voicemails. I thought it was super interesting. Steven Crowder received a contract offer, a.k.a. a term sheet, from the Daily Wire to be like one of the people that, you know, one of the, sh- the hosts on the Daily Wire, like Matt Walsh or Candace Owens or even Ben Shapiro. I think he's considered a host, even though he owns it. Um, they offered him a, a position, $50 million over the course of four years to be a host on the Daily Wire. And he came out against the Daily Wire and said they're, sc- they're scamming people. It's a con. He registered the website stopbigcon.com or something like that like after the term sheet was offered to him 
It was a standard term sheet. There was nothing out of the ordinary about it. I've seen term sheets like that a billion times. I've talked to organizations like that. Nothing unusual about it. It wasn't scammy. It wasn't trying to take advantage of Steven Crowder or any of that. He's just a crybaby snowflake. And I thought this is fake, right? I thought this is manufactured outrage to get attention at first. But, you know, when you think about it, this debate happens throughout the atheist community, too. It happens through every community. There's always a, a big struggle between people who believe that commentators or activists should do their work for free and people who accept that it costs money to work in this business or to succeed at these things. So money being a necessary part of it, they think that money should be an acceptable compensation, right? The Daily Wire says we need money to accomplish these goals. If you want us to spread our message far and wide, we have to be able to pay for new cameras. We have to be able to pay for people to point the cameras, do the editing. We have to pay for all this stuff. But Steven Crowder's argument with this seems to be from the position that everybody should do this for free because they believe in the cause and they shouldn't take a dime of payment for this. And if they do take a dime of payment, then they're frauds. That's like his viewpoint on it seemingly he's just full of shit as ben shapiro said in his response to steven crowder this isn't a communist company daily wire is not a communist company it's a capitalist company that is here to make money and accomplish goals in the process steven crowder seemed to want compensation 50 million dollars over four years for nothing or whether or not he brought money in he wanted that this isn't a charity as Ben Shapiro said, I just don't understand how Steven Crowder came to the conclusions he came to. He's, he, he's just not very intelligent, seemingly. Next, we're going to talk about Kevin Sorbo and his wife, Sam, going completely off the rails and yelling about evil atheists trying to take over the world. Naturally, he uses it as a pretext for Christian nationalists to take over the world first. Give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, check out my Patreon. You can also check out my Telltale Unfiltered channel, Twitter, and Teespring. All links can be found in the description. These people look in the mirror every day and hate what they see. These are angry, angry people. These are people that have no hope in their lives. They probably don't work. They probably collect unemployment uh, from your dollars and my dollars. Boy, he does not like atheists. That's who he's talking about. If you're unfamiliar with this guy, this is a fella named Kevin Sorbo. He is a far-right extremist Christian evangelical nutcase at this point. But earlier in his life, I'd say, I think in the 90s and the 2000s, maybe early 2000s, he was actually famous as a TV star, a guy that played a Greek god, Hercules, or a Greek demigod, I think he was. Anyway, he played Hercules in the 90s, and it was actually a pretty popular show. I watched it when I was little, I remember. That and Xena Princess Warrior, I watched the hell out of those shows. Uh, he's probably most famous for this scene right here. This is his disappointed scene we'll call it that he steps out of a portal and he looks around it's a 25 second clip he's just glancing around for like 12 and a half seconds of it and then this happens disappointed why 
I hear you ask, why did he just yell disappointed out of nowhere? It didn't fit with the plot, didn't fit with the script. Apparently it wasn't even part of the script. I don't know. Uh, your your guess is as good as mine. So anyway, that's Kevin Sorbo. He had his heyday in the 90s. He was also, I think, the actor in a show called Babylon 5, I think. Was it Babylon 5 or was it another one? It may have been a different um, sci-fi show from the 90s. Anyways... Ever since leaving show business, he has decided to lean very heavily into hating atheists. And interestingly enough, his wife has gone on this same tirade against atheists, although she picked up her own kind of pet project. She believes that people are school injured. And that's basically all she talks about now. We'll get to her in a minute, but I just want to give you an idea of who the guy is and the types of things he believes. So listen to this one, late December 2022. This is on Newsmax, by the by. He goes on Newsmax all the time. This war on Christmas, it's its nothing new. We've been seeing yeah. this gradual decline in actual religion and this push for political correctness. And I feel like they're trying to make the environment like the new woke religions. Where does it end at this point? Okay, let me just point something out here. There is no real push for political correctness, first of all. This is a fabricated issue that only exists in their heads. There is no war on Christmas, which he's about to talk about. There is no, like, all this stuff is made up. Nobody is sitting on their couch freaking out about the fact that people are saying Merry Christmas instead of Happy Holidays. That is what these people specialize in, whipping people into a blood frenzy. Now, at this moment in time, right now... There's a huge push against people to the left of hunting the homeless for sport because people like Kevin Sorbo believe that they're trying to take your gas stove away from you. Nobody's trying to take a gas stove away from anybody. It's been proven that gas stoves, running gas stoves, is bad for you if it's not well ventilated. It's like living with a smoker. There's like a ton of methane and byproducts of burning natural gas that's really bad for you it causes like childhood asthma and stuff but these people are willing to put themselves in an early grave to own the libs nobody's complaining that they have gas stoves i don't give a shit if he has a gas stove in his house die sooner if that's what you want to do i don't care but the people like kevin sorbo and others are literally turning their gas stoves on and letting them burn for the day to own the libs like i care that's the mindset that these people are in. So now let's listen to Kevin Sorbo lose his mind over culture war issues. The National Christmas Tree Lighting seemed to be empty, if you want, of any references to the actual meaning of Christmas. What was your initial reaction to this? Well, you know, President... This is a fabricated, non-existent problem. There is no war on Christmas. Well, you know, President Trump never left it out, did he? But uh, along comes Uncle Joe, and um, it's it's amazing to me because you, you look at him, you look at Nancy Pelosi. These are the same people that will claim they're devout Catholics, you know, that they're Catholics and all that, and they want to make sure they can get their, um, you know, two bits in there to just sort of pretend that they care about the Christian crowds out there. But at the same time, these are the same people that believe abortion, believe in the murder of babies, and no matter. No, they don't. Joe Biden does not believe in abortion. And neither does Nancy Pelosi. They believe that government doesn't have the right to force you to do something that you don't want to do or to prevent you from doing something that you want to do. 
That's the difference. It's not that they believe in abortion. Joe isn't out there every weekend at abortion clinics getting abortions with his girlfriends or whatever. This is not happening. He's Catholic, and as such, he believes it's wrong to get an abortion. But you know what he believes in even deeper than that? Freedom. He believes you deserve the freedom to make your own decisions. That's the difference. A distinction completely lost on Kevin Sorbo because he's blinded by hating atheists at any cost and buying into these culture war issues. Get their, um, you know, two bits in there to just sort of pretend that they care about the Christian crowds out there. But at the same time, these are the same people that believe abortion, believe in the murder of babies no matter what stage of the pregnancy. So completely fabricated. I don't know. There are zero, zero politicians that are in favor of abortion after, say, 20 weeks. None. I don't know of a single politician who has an interest or has expressed an interest in promoting abortions after 20 weeks. And honestly, I don't even believe in that. And I'm like the most pro-abortion guy you'll probably ever meet. Not pro-choice, pro-abortion. I think it's a good thing. We should be getting more of these up to a point. Nobody should be doing it past 20 weeks unless there's some serious medical issue where somebody's going to die if it's not done. Honestly, I say that that line for me is probably 15 weeks, but I am more in favor of freedom. I want people to have the freedom to make their own decisions. So I say 20 weeks. Nobody is in favor of this. Another fabricated culture war issue that does not exist anywhere except in his head. I believe abortion leaving the murder of babies no matter what stage of the pregnancy. So they don't follow the Catholic uh, rules very well. So I'm not surprised that he does this. No, they do follow the Catholic rules really well. They don't force you to follow the rules. It, it blows my mind that people just constantly give them the pass on that as well. But they don't care. They don't care what they put out there. They don't care if they say. They don't care if they lie. They don't care anything about that. I mean, we're, we're past hiding any of the hypocrisy that this... Um, president and his staff have to say and his cabinet just goes right along with it and they're behind him 100% all the time. See, this is this betrays a disturbing lack of understanding of the difference between being Christian and being Christian nationalist. He doesn't understand the difference seemingly. You can be a Christian. I don't care. Go nuts. Do your thing. Be the Christianiest Christian alive. That's fine. But when you're pushing it on other people, that's when it becomes a problem. He doesn't understand the difference. If you are a Christian, you force the people around you to be just like you. And if you don't, you're not a Christian. That seems to be his worldview. Seems to be the way he views things. And you know how that makes me feel about him? Disappointed! Check out this next one. This is Sam Sorbo, his wife. She's got her own bizarre set of ideas about just, okay, just listen, listen, just listen to what she says here. Late July, 2022. Why the rebranding? So the first thing that you learn in school is you have to raise your hand to ask a question. That's a deterrent. That's actually teaching you viscerally because you, you embody it. Don't ask. I'm sorry. This is what happens when you think that psychology is easy and you just, take random swings at it and assume you're right. This is the the direct result right here. You have no idea what you're talking about. Raising your hand is the embodiment of don't ask a question. What do you think would happen if 
a bunch of kids went into the school and just started asking questions and refused to raise their hands. Do you think that would lead to complete chaos? There are a maximum of 33 students per classroom in most, dis in most districts, I believe, right? What would happen if 33 students just shouted out questions at random? I mean, is none of this connecting with her? She's just trying to be a pop psychologist when she has no idea what she's doing. That actually eventually becomes trust the expert. That's not education. That's not a... Is a teacher not an expert in relation to the student? I mean, she's talking first grade here, right? Kindergarten, first grade, start them young by making them... By, I'm sorry, by coercing them into raising their hands when they have a question. What a bunch of monsters, right? Force children against their will to raise their hands to ask a question. Wow. Thinking person. That's a non-thinking person. That's what the schools are turning out. That's what school produces. <laughs> she just went on this massive tirade against school. It's just absolutely nuts, dude. So at the beginning, I showed you a little sample from this video right here. I want to watch the whole thing in its context. Check this out. This is Candace Taylor on the left. Some people call her Jesus Guns Babies Lady, not necessarily in that order. She ran for governor of Georgia, got 3% of the vote or something in 2022 or 20, yeah, 2022. It did not go well for her. She claimed voter fraud and all of it. You know how they do. And uh, now she's turned into a media personality. So she has Kevin Sorbo, of all people. That's the peak of your career, if I guess, if you're a right-wing political figure. She had Kevin Sorbo on to talk about atheists, of all things. Listen to what they had to say to each other. Mid-January 2023. These people look in the mirror every day and hate what they see. These are angry, angry people. These are people that have no hope in their lives. They probably don't work. They probably collect unemployment. Uh, He's talking about us, guys. I mean, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in any of the garbage that they have to spew. Now, I, I wish that I wasn't. I wish I could buy this stuff. I just can't, man. I can't. It's nonsense, okay? I was in a crashing plane last Christmas, and, you know, I was face-to-face -face with death. I looked it right in the eye. I would love it if things went on after this life. They just don't, seems to me. That doesn't mean that I collect unemployment. That doesn't mean that I'm a troll or a hateful person or angry or any of this garbage that he's espousing to me. It means I just don't buy your worldview. That's it. That's the only prerequisite to being an atheist. Uh, keep listening. Let's, let's start from the beginning here. These people look in the mirror every day and hate what they see. These are I don't hate what I see. I'm perfectly happy. I, I'm kind of looking in a mirror right now. I mean, I've got a little window open showing like what's happening on screen. He's just making shit up right now. These are angry, angry people. These are people that have no hope in their lives. They probably don't work. Got plenty of hope. What? They don't work. They probably collect unemployment. Uh What's he talking about? First of all, you pay into unemployment. Everybody pays into unemployment. It's insurance. It's like claiming that people collect Social Security so they're leeching off the government. No, you paid into that your whole life. You deserve to get unemployment if you are entitled to it in some specific situation. That's not like a government handout. That's like a you paid into it thing. What is wrong with this guy? They probably collect unemployment uh, from your dollars and my dollars. No, unemployment is an insurance, not like paid by the government. Like, the dude doesn't understand the basics of anything. 
dollars. They probably uh, get paid by George Soros as well. But these are people that really have so much disappointment that their lives didn't turn out the way they wanted to. These trolls are people that just... Dude, I, I'm actually perfectly happy with how my life turned out. In fact, I'm ecstatic with how my life turned out. You know that it was possible that maybe I could have ended up burning up the rest of my life, the next 50 years inside of Jehovah's Witnesses, the religion, just wasting every second of my life, devoting it to Jehovah, when really what I'd be doing is devoting it to the governing body. I almost spent my entire life writing letters to people and mailing them that will probably be shredded or thrown in a fireplace anyways. I almost wasted my life. I couldn't possibly be happier with the fact that I managed to get out of that situation. Honestly, there's nothing better than knowing I don't have to burn my life up like that have nothing but anger and hatred they live in this black hole they want to suck all of us down that black hole with them by attacking you attacking me well these two people are scumbags i don't like insulting people i try desperately not to do it but specifically these two people are absolutely terrible in every way let's just go to the twit and take a quick gander at kevin sorbo's the twit see what he has to say He's constantly attacking and insulting the people around him, shredding them, making them feel like pieces of garbage because they aren't like him to some degree. The media hates Kanye and Elon Musk more than they ever hated Epstein or Harvey Weinstein. No. What he means when he says the media is anybody to the left of hunting the homeless for sport. All of the people listed were bad, but yeah, I definitely have a big problem with Kanye. Are you kidding me? After what Kanye West said, this is a de facto defense of Kanye West, by the way. Don't get it twisted. That's what he's doing, defending Kanye West. Okay, when Kanye says things like this, I have absolutely no sympathy for him, and I'm that much more disgusted by Kevin Sorbo that he would defend such a thing. Seriously, I've, I've really studied a lot of history, plus I had family that was there. And so, I mean, I, I don't think Hitler was a good guy. I get the uh, the Hugo Boss uniforms, amazing. Uh, but, I mean, just because you're in love with the design, you're a designer, can we just kind of say, like, you like the, the you like the uniforms, but that's about no, it. No, we, we, no, I, there, there's a lot of things that I love about Hitler. A lot of things. What else do you do with that? Kevin Sorbo is literally defending Kanye West, saying that he loves Hitler. That's who Kevin Sorbo is. That's the kind of person he is. So who is hateful here exactly? In our society, a man can say he's a woman, can say that he is a woman, okay, and was born this way, but a man who says he wants to be traditionally masculine is condemned by society and toxic. Right, he, this is a reference, it's a subtweet basically. It's a propagandistic method of dog whistling to certain groups of people that he wants to appeal to. And in this case, it's Andrew Tate fans. Andrew Tate, you know, the guy who is in prison right now for human trafficking. That guy, that's who Kevin Sorbo is dog whistling to. They want you to eat bugs. You will own nothing and be happy. What's he talking about? You got me. No, no clue what he's talking about. I have no idea. He's just a propagandist for the far right extremists. That's it. There's like seemingly nothing knocking around but between those eyes.
It's just empty space, and he's just spouting off whatever the far right wants him to. It's nuts, dude. All right, keep listening to their conversation here. Well, like you said, something really powerful while ago, and I was going to point it out, so I'm glad it just got brought back up. But you said something to the effect of, why do you get so angry about something you don't believe in? Yeah, no fucking shit I'm angry about what happened to me. You have any idea what it's like to grow up a Jehovah's Witness being forbidden from interacting with anybody who is not a Jehovah's Witness? And when I finally get out of this toxic, destructive, controlling religion that did everything that it could to wreck my life when I left, when I finally get out of that, I hear my mom saying things like, I'm completely worthless and she doesn't want anything to do with me because I left the religion and no other reason. Yeah, I'm mad. I'm not happy. What tipped you off? What gave you the idea? I'm completely justified in being unhappy with what happened as a member of a church. I'm totally fine with being characterized as being angry that the Catholic Church moved people around to protect them when there were allegations against them. I'm totally good with that characterization on me. But for what it's worth, there is a difference between angry and chaotic or angry and insulting. There's no need to be chaotic or insulting. I'm not trying to burn everything to the ground. I recognize that there are a lot of good people within Christian circles, and we we just can't accomplish our goals of stamping out extremism and saving people from an oppressive group, an oppressive religion, without working with other Christians. So I, I have no problem with Christianity, really. I have no problem with Islam at all. It's people like Kevin Sorbo and his extremist cults that I have a problem with. So yeah, I, I'm totally unhappy. I, you could have just asked. I would have told you why, why I was unhappy, but okay. Why do you get so angry about something you don't believe in? I'm not angry at God. I'm angry at your behavior. Yeah. That was, that's powerful. And it's, it, it's really not. It's dumb as dog shit, honestly. That takes like literally no thought. It's true. And I think it's because they do believe in something. They may be angry because they were abused or they were physically abused or they didn't feel love or they felt rejection. And maybe they turned away from God and the idea of God because of that. But there's definitely something inside of them that feels anger towards something. You, you, you sorry son of a bitch. It's you. I'm unhappy with you and what you're doing. Are you kidding me? Is this, are you just now realizing that I'm unhappy with what you are doing? This is gonna be a fucking joke, man. What the, What is happening right now? Has she really not connected the dots on this? No, I think she knows. I think she knows. I think she's using something called thought terminating cliches, where instead of venturing down a logical path that could spell danger for a Christian, she throws up roadblocks in the form of cliches that she that allow her to just close off this whole area of thought so she doesn't have to explore it at all why are people so angry what are they so angry about it's something they don't believe in instead of realizing that i'm angry that religion has wrecked people's lives she doesn't have to go down that logical thought she doesn't have to follow it she doesn't have to follow that trail she can just close it off just like that feels anger towards something yeah well these are people who failed they failed in their lives and they gave up 
I succeeded in life gloriously, and I didn't give up. And most other atheists haven't failed or given up either. But in their minds, failing and giving up means walking away from God. So I guess by their definition, we've all failed and given up. Anyway, that conversation with those two is absolutely bizarre, unhinged from reality. They have no idea what they're talking about. Have they ever even met an atheist in person? I'd be willing to bet no. But if you remember, I said Kevin Sorbo's wife is just as weird as he is. Check this one out. This is from early December 2021. Sam Sorbo, Kevin's wife, goes on the Flashpoint TV show. It's owned and operated by Kenneth Copeland on the Victory TV network. It's kind of like Fox or CBS or ABC or whatever, just the Victory Network. Oxygen, E, there are a bunch of them out there. Listen to what she had to say here on the Victory Network. Education is the three Fs, faith, family, and freedom. Okay, faith, family, freedom. What, what do those things have to do with education exactly? And there's only one way for them to get that, and that's to be with their parents. And so I'll say this. Evolution doesn't give a crap about equality. Evolu no, it has nothing to do with equality or completely unconnected topics, but okay. Evolution believes in inequality, okay? If you're teaching your child evolution, you're teaching them slavery and inequality. And now God is calling the remnant to fight. And fight for what? For freedom, because Jesus Christ is the author of our freedom. Okay, I am straight up lost here. I feel like she's scattershot, doesn't even know where she's going with this. This is just confusing nonsense. What does evolution have to do with faith and freedom and whatever else? Freedom. And evolution has nothing to do with that. Freedom! Sheeple! Just ridiculous, dude. I told you, man, this woman is just as unhinged as her husband. Hell, maybe even more so. They both got entirely too much time on their hands. They should do a lot less. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know. They've just, they've got too much time in their hands. Okay, listen to this one, October 11th, 2022. Remember earlier I said her whole thing is people are school injured, right? Listen to this one. I love the conversation that pre preceded this one. The idea that we are that that evil is taking over our children in our Democrat-run schools, headed up by Randy Weingarten and the who who the hell is Randy Weingarten? What is she? This is honestly probably an attempt at stochastic terrorism, calling attention to one specific person that she doesn't like so that he will get a bunch of threats and stuff like that. We saw the exact same maneuver with Boston Children's Hospital, and they've had bomb threat after bomb threat called in on them, unfortunately, by these people. They did this, not just them. I think Matt Walsh kind of led the charge against Boston Children's Hospital and a number of other people, but they contributed to it. I suspect that that's what she was doing there. Also, schools are not Democrat-run. What is she talking about? Weingarten and the Democrat-run, communist-run teachers' unions, and that that is what passes for education these days. That's all they have. They only have lies. And it's very sad because we're losing, we're losing our place because we've been taught not to... Uh, not to stand up for ourselves. We are. I assume what she means when she says we're losing our place is we're losing our standing in the world. We're losing our successfulness in like world positioning or something like that because people are not going full-blown Christian nutcase. It seems like that's what she's saying, right? Well, this is actually an empirical issue. 
that we can look at, that we can evaluate and find an answer to. Is this real? If people were more Christian, would the country succeed better than if we were more secular? So if we find more blue states at the bottom of the education rankings, seems to me she's right. We need more evangelicalism mixed into our schools to succeed better, right? But if we find more red states at the bottom, or if we find the redder states like Alabama or Mississippi near the bottom of the rankings, seems to me she's wrong. It just so happens that red states are at the bottom of successful. They're at the bottom of the list when it comes to most educated, best educated, highest paying jobs. They're at the very bottom. Mississippi, Alabama, I don't know. There are a billion out there. Georgia, they're all near the bottom of the list. West Virginia is at the very bottom of the list. And the blue states, by and large, are at the very top of the list. I'll throw up statistics at the end of this if you want to take a look and maybe put a link in the description. But uh, yeah, she's just wrong. She's wrong about all of this. We should be able to answer this question empirically that she's providing to us. And she's incorrect when we look this up. Anybody surprised? She just comes with her own facts. You've got to feel for her kid, who was homeschooled, by the way, being taught complete nonsense. Uh, not to stand up for ourselves. We are trained in school not to have discernment. Our schools are anti-Christian in nature, and they hate Christ, and they hate the truth. And so we are trained in this way. All of us have been school injured at this point. And that's the whole point of what I, what I try to train parents in. School injured, she says. She's trying to teach parents about being school injured because schools hate Christ. Yeah, that checks out. Absolutely. That makes sense. Is she ever going to come out of this delusion? Are either of them, are either Sam or Kevin ever going to come back to reality with the rest of us? Were they ever in reality for that matter? These people really make me feel a very specific way. Disappointed! Let me know what you think in the comments. Christian Montgomery, they talk shit about atheists when we're just trying to live our lives and when... And when we get mad at them, it's atheists are so angry. Gaslighting 101. Yeah, 100%. I, I totally agree. We are perfectly within our rights to be angry about what happened to us. We are well within our rights to be upset about the fact that many of us lost friends and family. At the very bare minimum, we lost years. Some of us, decades of our lives lit on fire by this religion. By this one or that one or whatever religion you happen to be from, you left it behind and they benefited from the money and the time that you put into it while you were there. They grew because of the wasted effort that you put in. So yeah, I'm a little fucking mad. A little bit. Absolutely. While they used your donations to move priests around to different parishes to protect them from prosecution. Well, they used your money to pay for lawsuits against their organization for covering up abuse cases. They used your money to buy a $45 million jet that they could fly around in as much as they want. I'm a little mad. Yeah, yeah, that's fair.
Next, we're going to talk about QAnon leaders falling apart when they heard Michael Flynn denounce the movement as a bunch of idiots that are chronically online. Give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, check out my Patreon. You can also check out my Telltale Unfiltered channel, Twitter, and Teespring. All links can be found in the description. What we are going to see in the next year unrolled is likely hundreds of members of Congress, most of them Democrats, some Republicans, all right, they're going to be arrested and they're going to be prosecuted for corruption. Yeah, that was years ago at this point, and QAnon still has not been fulfilled. If you're unfamiliar with the movement or the idea behind it or the people involved, this is a guy on the right named... Dave Hayes. He goes by Praying Medic online because apparently he went around, he was an EMT for a while, he went around praying over his patients that got in car accidents or whatever. Eventually, he left the EMT field to go on to become what's called a Q interpreter. QAnon is a, a, most definitely a cult and it has religious aspects to it, but it's not really a religion itself exactly. So you don't have prophets in the same way instead of prophets people at the top they call themselves interpreters so just a real quick basic rundown of the idea 30 second version QAnon started in, in, in I think 2017 when a guy posted on a random message board as an anonymous person calling himself Q clearance patriot now Q clearance is the highest level of security clearance you can get in the government and it's in the the Department of Energy only. Q clearance isn't in any other department, like uh, military or any other thing like that. So Q clearance Patriot made a bunch of blind assertions about Hillary Clinton being jailed the next day and active duty National Guard troops doing this thing or that thing or whatever else. Of course, none of the predictions that Q made actually came to be. But people like Dave Hayes here believed it anyways. They believed that he was somebody special, that had special insight. Like he's an insider in the military and knew what was going on and could provide special information to them. So he became an interpreter. Because when Q Clearance Patriot posted online, it was always very cryptic and confusing and nonsensical. And you had to kind of weed through it to kind of weave a story together to figure out what was being communicated. Now, a lot of the time, nothing was being communicated. Q Clearance Patriot was just posting random, meaningless garbage. But people like the praying medic, the top interpreters, found meaning in nothing. This is the pattern recognition software in our brain going wild. This is the exact same reason why everybody thought there was a face on Mars when it was just a mountain formation. So Q Clearance Patriot came to the conclusion based on all of his interpretations. Again, he's, he is the top QAnon interpreter in the world. He's the guy that was interpreting a lot of this stuff. Unaffiliated with Q, does, has never met him, but believes it to the bottom of his heart. So 2019... 
All of the things that he had spent the previous two years interpreting led him to the conclusion that we just heard from him. Listen to the entire clip. It gets absolutely bizarre, some of the stuff that he had to say. By the by, this is Brendan Dilley on the left, and he was invited to Donald Trump's 2024 presidential campaign announcement at Mar-a-Lago. Trump knew who he was inviting when he invited him, a, a representative from the QAnon movement. They're going to be arrested and they're going to be prosecuted for corruption. Q said that people in Congress were warned the storm is coming, and they were told, if you are playing the game and you are in Congress when the storm hits, you're going to be prosecuted. They saw the storm coming and they were like, okay, I'm out. Again, they believe that QAnon or Q, the, the guy who pretends to be like the leader or whatever, they believe that he's really high up in the military and is in communication with each and every congressional member or president or vice president, everybody at the top of government. He believes that Q Clearance Patriot has a, an ability to communicate with them directly, has their phone number, for example. So he thinks that Q Clearance Patriot instructed these people to either resign their position as congressmen or they'd be prosecuted. Like, okay, I'm out. They were cut a deal. You get out, you won't be prosecuted. If you stay in, the hammer's going to fall on yes. you and you're going to be prosecuted. Think about this. When you see top-level FBI, Department of Justice, State Department, yep. White House staff, people of Congress, prosecuted. Some of them are probably going to go to Gitmo, and some of them may be executed. They live in a, a fantasy land. This is 2018, man. 2018, he believed this stuff. And guess what? He still does. We're going to talk about some of that in a minute. He just released a new clip. He still believes this garbage to this day. This is what's going to happen. When, like, if you believe what Mark Taylor has said, mm -hmm. we're going to... Mark Taylor is a another link, uh, kind of a linchpin between QAnon and Christianity. He's a complete nutcase. Mark Taylor has said, mm -hmm. we're going to see military tribunals. We're going to see people. They're going to be public executions. And there's yeah. going to be a lot of corrupt people prosecuted. That is going to have an indelible impact on the minds and the psyche of an entire generation. Sure, sure. Suppose it would, if it ever happened. Let's see. It is a nine fifty. Yeah, four years. We've been fading. We've been waiting four years, and it still hasn't happened. Weird, right? What happened to all of that precognition? What happened to all that special insider insight that this guy supposedly had? It just evaporated. Twenty eighteen, man. This was going on all the way back in twenty eighteen. Well, eventually, Donald Trump lost, despite the fact that Q Clearance Patriot specifically came out and said, Donald Trump is going to win. He said those words. He said he's going to guarantee it. He's going to make sure Trump wins. He loses, and then Q Clearance Patriot disappears from the internet. QAnon continues to exist as a group, as a belief system, as an ideology, if you will, but the guy who started it, Q Clearance Patriot, disappeared into the ether, never to be seen again. Well, that's not quite true. We'll get there. And it, I think it took Praying Medic a year, a full year, to move on to other subjects other than QAnon-related stuff. 
But eventually, early February 2022, this is a full year and two months, or maybe a year and three months after the last post that Q had ever put up. He comes out there and he says this. No one has been more pissed off at Q than me uh, for the, you know, three years we sat through of waiting for the arrests, thinking that the arrests were just around the corner. Like it was just going to happen in this, this next week, we're going to see people arrested and feeling like an idiot yet. Of course he's not feeling like an idiot. You know, I, I say that in jest. He honestly still believes this stuff. Nothing has changed for him. And, and it never happened. Uh, so I have, you know, as much frustration as anyone does about how long we've been waiting for the arrest to happen. However, just, yeah. um, Q did warn us on the front end of the conversation that a lot of what he was going to put out was going to be disinformation. Dude, come on. Just move on with your life, okay? And stop making excuses for some guy who very obviously scammed you. He played you. He took advantage of you. You didn't have any special insight into the, the inner workings of the government. Neither did Q. In fact, we're very confident we know exactly who Q was. We believe that it started out as Paul Ferber, assisted by Tracy Beans Diaz, and eventually when they moved from 4chan, one anonymous message board, to 8chan, another one, we believe that the administrator of that new website, 8chan, took the account over. Ron Watkins, assisted by his father, Jim Watkins, the owner of the website. This has been verified through textual analysis and a bunch of other things. If you want to learn more about how we came to the conclusion that it was them, you can watch the documentary, I think it's called Into the Storm on HBO. And then there's a book called The Storm is Upon Us by Mike Rothschild. That's a fantastic book if you want to understand the rise and fall of QAnon and rise again. Anyways, he played you and you fell right into it. Just give it up. You owe him nothing. Q did warn us on the front end of the conversation that a lot of what he was going to put out was going to be disinformation. Yeah, very true. Uh, information, dis, dis, disinformation designed to make the bad guys make wrong moves. So you had to get real with that. If you're going to buy on to the, to the Q thing, you have to know up front half of what Q is going to tell you is not going to be true. It's yeah. for the... It's for the purpose of psychological operations, and that's just how it is. Dude, this is just straight up sad. This is just sad. Even when faced, when forced to face their own delusion, even when forced to come face to face with the fact that QAnon took advantage of them, they still refuse to accept that. Honestly, sad. And that brings us to Michael Flynn. Now, Q Clearance Patriot, the guy I mentioned earlier, who the, the anonymous poster, specifically named certain people as special or having some special type of insight within the movement, right? One of the people that QAnon named was Michael Flynn. And there's good reason for that, mostly because Michael Flynn, right around the start of the QAnon movement, but I believe after Flynn was pardoned by Donald Trump for, you know, all of the charges that he was under, 
feeding information to adversarial nations and all kinds of stuff. Flynn came out there and publicly gave a QAnon oath. This isn't just a normal oath to the United States. It sounds like it, but it is very specifically a QAnon oath. And QAnoners specifically were giving this version of the oath, and nobody else was. Do solemnly swear. Do solemnly swear. That I will support and defend. That I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States. So help me God. So help me God. Where we go, one we go all. Where we go, one we go all. God bless America. So he did everything he could to ingratiate himself with the QAnon movement, and as a result, QAnon embraced him. They brought him into the movement. Well, here's where it gets interesting. Very recently, Flynn went on this show to talk to a real-life QAnoner, Johnny Unlow, a guy that genuinely believes this stuff. And when asked about QAnon, here's what Flynn had to say. Late December 2022. You were essentially revealed to us by Q, trust the plan, patriots in control, it was over before it began. There was continual references to you. Who knows where the uh, the bodies are buried? Uh, and then, but the the, the the what what I do hear from you is no one's coming to rescue you. If anything, I, I'd even written in my notes. If anything, a denial that there is Q and all. And I'm fine. We don't even. I don't want you to. That's not the question. Uh, you can I, answer. I, well, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if we're live. Are we live? Yeah, we're yeah we're, we're live. live. Yeah, we're live. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna just tell you, I have, I have, you know, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, I know what this whole Q thing is. I think it's just just sheer nonsense. Okay, well, that's, it do, that's it. It doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. I mean, I you know you see all the 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 idiocy all over the internet and these. Well, he's just laying into this dude right for no reason too. Like he doesn't have to be a d bag to Johnny Enlow. He could be nicer. He could communicate this in such a way that is very firm and clear and unequivocal and shouldn't leave any doubts in anybody's head, but still not be a D-bag about it, right? You don't have to be a D-bag to communicate your point. I don't know why he's acting like this. But the point is clear. QAnon is fake. Michael Flynn is viewed as a QAnon god. Every word that he says on this subject is dissected and pulled apart and analyzed people want to understand what he's trying to communicate just on the off chance that maybe he's trying to give a hidden veiled message he is a QAnon leader if there ever was one and he's denouncing it right now right well keep listening here you see all over the internet and these people that think that there's some white knight coming there's no white knight coming i understand you saying that but i can also show you if we went it down, down that right, about 20 retruth things that President Trump does where he validates uh, Q in some way. So it's Ask a right- him about Q then. Yeah. So what he was referring to is something that QAnon calls deltas. A delta in math is just a distance between two objects or two things or whatever. The QAnon account likes to tweet things or, or post things at a certain time and the QAnoners look at the amount of time between when QAnon posts about it and when Trump posts about it, kind of drawing a link between the two. Like, oh my God, there were like 15 seconds between when QAnon or when Q posted about Jeffrey Epstein and when Donald Trump 
posted about Jeffrey Epstein. Like, they must be working together. There's no other way to get that. In reality, that's nonsense. There are a billion people around who watch what Donald Trump talks about and when he posts about these things and probably even know which news websites Donald Trump consumes to know exactly when he's going to post and what he's most likely to post about in the first place. So it's no surprise that there are similarities between when QAnon posts things and when Trump posts things. It's pretty easy to guess, honestly. Roughly around 5 a.m. when he wakes up and at night when he's going to the bathroom or something. Like It's no surprise. But they'll hold anything up as evidence that QAnon is something special, that they have some special insight into the movement. Well, Praying Medic heard Johnny Enlow and Michael Flynn's conversation and tried to come up with some explanation for what it could mean. Uh, anything other than QAnon is fake. Listen to what he said. Early January 2023 is right after this conversation happened. General Flynn was on a show recently and, and he basically did a rant against Q and against, you know, all of this stuff. And again, this, this is in line with what Dave just explained. That was uh, the rant that we just listened to. Same idea. Okay. There's no way General Flynn is going to go. Yeah. You know, I've been thinking about this Q thing and I talked to some people at the top and I talked to the president, talked to Q plus, and you know, I'm, I'm free to tell you now that it's a thing. Um, he's not going to do that. It's not going to happen. So I guess the excuse that they've come up with is he has to pretend that it's fake for everybody's best interests. Anybody that knows, anybody that's telling you that they're in touch with Q and that they are in on the operation or that, that they know for sure that X is happening and that they have intel at that level, um, that that no just no i'm just I'm well, telling you step away from those military people. intelligence for 33 years yeah most of which involves psychological operations anything that flynn tells you you have to realize is part of a psyop which means yeah. there's a very good likelihood that what he's telling you isn't true this is so sad dude this is so sad not only was he bamboozled and taken advantage of all the way back in 2019, 2018, tw held 2017. But Q walked away from the movement, walked away. And the praying medic still believes this nonsense. He was gone for a year and he still buys it. It is so sad to see this guy pour his entire life into bullshit. And it's exactly. for your own good for your own good right that checks out this is not the first time that the praying medic has come up with excuses for michael flynn for why michael flynn very specifically denounces or denies some component of his belief system despite the fact that he holds him up as like something special as a representative of the QAnon movement and he comes up with excuses for why flynn would say such a thing anything other than it this is he's telling the truth Anything other than this is real. Listen to what Michael Flynn said early February 2021. So it was uh, two years earlier than the clip that we just watched. Two years before that clip, Flynn comes out on this TV show and he says this about QAnon and their beliefs. I'm just going to ask you some questions and I want you to just tell me if it's nonsense 
or if there was anything to it at all. Number number one, did did President Trump ever sign into action the Insurrection Act? No, nonsense. It, nonsense. Is the United States military running the country or just doing, is that nonsense as well? More nonsense. These are all straight from QAnon, all of these claims. Good, good to hear. More nonsense. There's no plan. There's no, you know, people, there's so many people out there. Is the plan happening? There's no, I mean, we have what we have and we have to accept the, the situation as it is. So here's where it gets interesting. Uh, this clip came out early February 2021, right? This is when Flynn really started coming out here and pushing the idea that there's no plan. This is a month after the January 6th stuff happened. January 6th was supposed to be the plan. It was supposed to be the event called the storm by QAnon. This thing where all of the evildoers are arrested and sent to barges near Gitmo and all of that other garbage. That was supposed to be it. And it failed. They did not succeed in taking back the presidency or any of that other garbage. That's why the QAnon shaman was there in the first place. You guys remember that guy, Jacob Chansley, the QAnon shaman? He's in jail right now, the QAnon shaman is, for the events that took place on January 6th. But he gave an interview on the YouTube channel, Channel 5. Listen to what he had to say. This is from uh, December, I'm sorry, January 6th, 2022, the one-year anniversary. So not too long ago. First of all, I think that we are in the midst of the storm with all of this COVID stuff. Um, I think that uh, we're in the midst of it right now. If you think about the damage that's being done to our economy, to our culture, um, to our uh, national identity, to uh, the uh, the truther movement, as it were. Um, but I, I think that it's important that people like. If you look closely, actually, this is an example of a Q post right here. Shall we play a game? Nothing can stop what is coming. NCSWIC. More coming? Why is this relevant? How do you show the public the truth? How do you safeguard U.S. elections post-POTUS? How do you remove foreign interference and corruption and install U.S.-owned voter ID laws and blah, blah, blah? It's just all nonsense, but he tries to dress it up to make it sound cryptic, and then QAnon interpreters like the praying medic come in and then come up with ideas for what it could possibly mean. It means nothing in reality. important that people like realize that um, people now know about child and human trafficking, and they also know about the hundreds of deep underground military bases uh, in the United States and all over the world. They also know about things like spiritual parasites and the way that you know psychic vampires play a role. That's what these Satanists are. Is they're like psychic vampires. Dude, he's just gone. His head is gone. Like I said, it the, January sixth, twenty twenty one, was supposed to be the storm where all of the people who were the evildoers are kicked out and arrested and sent to barges off Gitmo and all that stuff. You remember the thing that from the intro clip that I played? What we are going to see in the next year unrolled is likely hundreds of members of Congress, most of them Democrats, some Republicans. All right. They're going to be arrested and they're going to be prosecuted for corruption. May 2019, the next year unrolled. Absolutely absurd. So anyway, the point is Michael Flynn actually denounced and corrected a lot of the, those 
false claims from QAnon, right? Well, how did the praying medic react to that one? Because we saw how he reacted to the latest one, right? He's known for a long time Michael Flynn has denounced certain things. Listen to how the praying medic reacted to Michael Flynn denouncing all the other stuff back in 2021. Some people have heard the interview with General Flynn, where General Flynn said that there is no plan for the military to step in. Uh, I was listening to Monkey Works, and he interviewed a guy a couple days ago. And he, that guy also said, there is no plan for the military to step in and, and do anything. The reason he's saying that is, A, January 6th already happened and it failed. And B, Michael Flynn wants these people to be the storm. He wants them to get up in arms and do something. Well, I would like to suggest um, an alternative viewpoint on that. Please lay it on me. Um, if, if the military had a plan to intervene in American politics and General Flynn was aware of it, I guarantee you he wouldn't tell anybody what he knew. No, but he might acknowledge that there is a plan in place. You ever consider that one? He's just coming up with any excuse that he can. Publicly. <laughs> For operational security. Sad, man. It's sad. The guy will never acknowledge how much of his life he has wasted. Never. It's never going to happen. And you got to feel bad for him. You know, I know what that's like to light half your life on fire. Burn it up for nothing. Burn it up for people who are cynically using you for their own benefit. I know what it's like. I came from Jehovah's Witnesses. But you have to acknowledge it and move on. That's the first step to healing from it. So I hope this guy moves on. I'm not holding my breath on that one, but I would love to see it. Let me know what you think about it in the comments. Scott Weber in Nazi Germany, school children were required to sing hymns to Adolf Hitler. This is the type of school reform would love. Don't think I fully understand sense, but yeah, 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 absolutely. They would most, yeah, Hitler would be proud of what's happening right now. They really are following in the footsteps of World War II era Germany in many ways. I mean, the, the evangelicals are in ways that you wouldn't even expect to, like um, the propaganda methods and the actual propaganda being passed around is straight Nazi propaganda. QAnon is a rebranded Nazi death cult. Dead serious. It's nuts, man. Absolutely nuts. Next, we're going to talk about Christian nationalist Eric Metaxas telling his audience that there's no reason to fear theocracy. We should embrace it. Televangelists only have our best interests at heart. Give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, check out my Patreon. You can also check out my Telltale Unfiltered channel, Twitter, and Teespring. All links can be found in the description. Do not fear theocracy, folks. That is a chimera. That is nonsense, a mirage. This is Eric Metaxas, a self-avowed and self-described Christian nationalist, an extremist, and he's incredibly influential in the Trumpist slash political world. So I want to talk a little bit about him because he had some wacky stuff to say recently. Not only did he have some wacky stuff to say recently, but he's been saying this wacky stuff for years as it turns out. Let's just Listen to the rest of that clip. Give him the benefit of the doubt. You know, maybe I took him out of context there. Let's hear him out. See what he said. 
This is from mid-July 2021, by the by. So, yeah, let's listen to the whole thing here. This nation was founded by Christian people. And the reason we are essentially a Christian nation is because as true Christians, we believe we don't want a theocracy. We want freedom. We want any atheist, every Jew, every Muslim, anybody to be welcome here because that is at the heart of the Christian faith. We cannot force our faith on anyone. That is idiotic. Many have done it in the past. There are many radical Muslims trying to force their faith on people right now. He's mocking this idea right now. It sounds like he's endorsing it and describing something he believes he's not. He's making fun of it. Keep listening. Muslims trying to force their faith on people right now. There are many radical atheists in nations like China and North Korea trying to force their faith on people. A true Christian says faith is free. Belief in Jesus can never be coerced. It is a gift from God. So if, if maniacal... So, and now everybody is clapping for that. Keep listening. Maniacal Christians took control of this country. They would make it safe for everybody else to be a part of this country. So do not fear theocracy, folks. That is a chimera. That is nonsense, a mirage. The guy believes in theocracy. I have a billion examples of this in reality. I, I mean, he's on a TV show called Flashpoint regularly, pretty frequently, where they espouse that exact position. Theocracy is a good thing. We want more of it. They say that on there with him all the time. I mean, this clip doesn't have like any material purpose to this story, so I'm not going to play the whole thing, but this is just an example of Eric Metaxas on the Flashpoint TV show being prophesied over and being told that his book is like a holy book, basically like the Bible. Eric, very quickly, the Spirit of the Lord says this book that I've given to you now is meant to wake up my church, to protect my church, to anoint a remnant who shall arise in this time because God says it will be used, this book. There is an anointing that I have placed upon this book to break the spirit of Fourth Reich that would try to rise fourth reich up in the earth but in this country and god says i have given you the hand of the ready rider i have given you an anointing that shall destroy that which shall arise and seek to be revisited once dude i don't even know what they're saying the point is he's trying to get him he's trying to prophesy over this regular book that this guy wrote he's been on flashpoint a billion times he's a very close friend of the show and this is flashpoint listen to what gene bailey the host has had to say on Christian nationalism. Our events this year are different than what you went to last year, so this is why you need to come. There are two nights, Thursday night and Friday night. Friday during the day, you're going to have lots of training, and I hate that when I say training because that sounds really boring and I can't stand boring. These are not boring things you're gonna go to. You're gonna learn, but it's gonna be fun. You're gonna enjoy it, a lot of stuff happening. And what are you going to learn, I hear you asking. You say, well, what kind of training is that? What kind of stuff? These flash talks, I'm calling them flash talks, okay? What you're going to learn from this fight, how to go back to your house, wherever you live, and learn how to flip your school board so that your kids, if they're going to public school, you can start taking over the school board. And you go, well, that sounds like we're trying to take over the world. Yes, we are. I fully admit that. That's exactly what we're doing. They're trying to take over the world. 
these are all you know they th these are people that work together frequently and all share and espouse the same views together eric metaxas is a christian nationalist and an extremist and has intentions to force his beliefs on other people from his lips and from the lips of everybody that he associates with that's how they feel now, here's another example of this exact idea being espoused by friends of eric metaxas this is tony perkins second from the right he's the leader of family research council a think tank listen to what he has to say on the subject of taking over the world for theocracy we should be you know happy warriors we were created for this it wasn't like this is just something that happens to fall upon us at this moment. Yeah. We were created to be warriors for Christ, especially as men. We're to lead our families as warriors. Now, that terminology has been, you know, maligned by the culture that we're, you know, these, um, you know, Christian warriors from a standpoint of we're trying to take over the world. I mean, yeah, we are the kingdom. Yeah, from a that that you think that makes it better? Are you kidding me? That makes it maybe worse. You're trying to take over the world for the kingdom. You think that improved what you just said at all? These people want to take over the world for the kingdom. These are all the same people that work together and talk to each other and the whole nine yards, and they all have the same goal. Well, Eric Metaxas has his own TV show that he runs, and he has this guy on like a lot, like a weirdly common guest to have on his show right dude's name is john zimmerak i believe and he is just out there man listen to what he had to say recently mid-september 2022 check this out when the nazis attacked jewish stores starting off on level 10 okay let's keep going and got away with it that told people persecution real genocidal persecution is down the road Right now in America, our government and the leftist institutions that support it, from the Ivy League to large numbers of churches, uh, to the mainstream of the Republican Party, which supports it by, by being afraid to fight it, it's reminding me of the buildup in the 1990s in Rwanda, the buildup towards genocide. The Hutus were a ma the majority, but they, didn't they weren't as wealthy or successful as the minority Tutsis. So they resented them. They wanted their stuff. They wanted their power. They wanted their money. Wow, dude. Oh, my God. Just, I don't even know what to do with all of this. He's what he's doing is espousing a conspiracy theory called white genocide, and he's using the Rwandan genocide as the pretext for that or the basis for that if you have any context to inform you about the situation he's describing you are absolutely disgusted by what he just said honestly you're probably disgusted anyways there is no white genocide happening in america right now or anywhere in the world it's just this is fabricated this is a fabricated problem that exists only in this guy's head he needs to be persecuted he needs it and he's simply not he's in the majority group he is white he's a christian male straight cis person he has no factors that lead to persecution so he's going to make some up naturally
money. And they started demonizing the Tootsies, calling them cockroaches on, on, on radio shows. News hosts would refer to Tootsie cockroaches. The way I see people talking about white people, about Christians, about so-called Christian nationalists. Dude, what Christians or Christian nationalists are being called cockroaches? First of all, I personally never insult people, ever. I, I do my best not to, at least not publicly. Sometimes when I'm sitting alone with friends or something, I'll, ca I'll, call, some, I'll call somebody a complete moron or something. And that's just me honestly analyzing their level of intelligence. I'm not, like, trying to be insulting. I certainly try not to insult people from a public platform or, or demonize them or anything like that. But this guy desperately needs to be persecuted so he's going to stretch things just enough to make it seem like he is persecuted they talk about us the same way okay john i i want to uh, interrupt i wrote an article folks i think it was back in april or may it was published at the stream and it was about it was written by russell moore who's the head of christianity today now okay think of that Christianity Today, I believe, is a website, right? Yeah, it's a like a kind of a news website that talks all about Christianity, Christian news, why the pro-life movement still needs Jesus, a terrorist attack on Connell G's church. I, I don't even know if this is true. Yeah, it's just a bunch of uh, propaganda, it appears. Southern Baptist Church planter killed on plane crash. The hell is a Baptist church planter? I've never heard that before. We live in Babylon, not Israel. Anyway, that's what Christianity Today is. It's pretty well known, I think. The head of Christianity Today. And it was an article in very highfalutin language doing exactly what John just said, demonizing people who are culturally or politically conservative, who are white, demonizing them. Isn't that interesting? John was talking about, I mean, John Zimrak, the other guy, he was talking about white genocide right now just now that's what he was referring to and he said people are doing that to people who were conservative I mean, white he said it as though they're the same you have to be white to be conservative you have to be conservative to be white he's linked the two almost in his brain i don't know that he's doing this intentionally to make a point maybe to the audience but he's most definitely connected them in his brain you can't be one without the other in his mind. And if you aren't conservative, but you are white, you're a race traitor. If that's the mindset, like, I don't know if that's his mindset. That's the mindset that this eventually inevitably leads to. It's pure, unadulterated tribalism that we're watching play out in front of us right now. ...them in the pages of Christianity today. I wrote a response to it, which John published at stream.org. But I want to tell you, we're not making this up. It, 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 you are. You are. You are absolutely making this up. If you ignore this now, you become part of the problem. Silence in the face of evil is itself evil. This is really wicked. I want to be honest. I want to be clear. This is really wicked. John is not exaggerating about it. He is. In fact, he just said that, you know, there's a white genocide happening. He just compared it to what happened in Rwanda. You must be joking. You can't, you can't be serious. You can't be sitting here telling me he's not exaggerating, right?
wicked. John is not exaggerating about this. He is. He's saying that with a straight face. This is insane. This is absolutely unhinged. It gets even worse than that, though. John Zimmerak and Eric Metaxas seem to be quite the duo because he comes on his show all the time. Check this one out, mid-August 2022. This is spiritual warfare, and we are now in, in the Normandy landing of... Okay, that is one too many references to World War II for me. At the beginning, didn't he say that white Christians are being treated the same as Jews during World War II or something like that, and now he's saying that we're storming the beaches of Normandy? of spiritual warfare the democratic party is possessed by preternatural evil it is not a human institution anymore it is an instrument of wicked spirits this is demonic our enemies are demonic there's no turning the other cheek there's no being winsome there's no compromise possible and, with I, these I, and I want to be clear just Dude, this is so sad. This is so sad how he views the world, how he views himself in the world as a perpetual victim. I mean, doesn't he criticize, you know, left wing snowflakes who get triggered all the time, quote unquote, for being perpetual victims? This is like when Tim Pool screams about people doing identity politics and then talks about how he's Asian and suffers as a consequence of being Asian constantly. Like, it's either one or the other. Either people are acting like victims and they should pull themselves up by their bootstraps, or you are being victimized. Either identity politics is a problem, or you are the victim of identity politics. It can't be both. Well, in their heads, it can they seem to have no problem with simultaneously held contradicting beliefs, a.k.a. cognitive dissonance. Theologically, because in the past, if you don't clarify these things, people misinterpret them. Oh, my mistake. Did I misinterpret what he just said? He said the Democratic Party is a tool of Satan and people are possessed by demons who vote Democrat, right? Okay. Correct me, please. My mistake. People misinterpret them. Well, folks, we're not saying that these people are demons. We're saying that they're being used by demons. And we need to understand that at the heart of all this, this is a spiritual battle. There's no other way to make sense of it. If you're solving for X, if you know how to do algebra, you solve for X, you don't even need to believe in God. This will make you believe in God. This will make you understand. When you look at this, you say, there is no other possible explanation. If I connect all the dots, it, it doesn't make any sense. Greed, uh, politics, nothing could account for what we're seeing ex except something genuinely spiritually dark and wicked. Okay, and now here's where it gets interesting. So it, it couldn't possibly, nothing could explain what we're seeing, right? Other than demon possession. And what are we seeing, I hear you asking. The thing that he believes that we are seeing are all of these absurd, inexplicable culture war issues that don't even exist, that only exist in his head. The claims you hear from these people constantly, like they're trying to take our gas stoves. No one is trying to take your gas stoves, okay? The Biden administration 
released a report saying that running a gas stove without proper ventilation is really bad for your lungs. The byproducts produced can lead to results similar to living with a smoker. It's not good for you. So either you should have proper ventilation or you should get like an induction stove or something like that. And what did they do with that information? They literally turned their gas stoves on and let them run with closed windows in retaliation against the Biden administration. They literally are are killing themselves faster to get one over on the libs. So what are we seeing that leads these people to believe that the Democratic Party is possessed by demons? Nothing. We are seeing nothing. They are seeing demons around every corner. They're seeing persecution every time they open their eyes because that's what they want to see. They're disconnected from reality, and I don't know if they will ever reconnect with the rest of society. How do you live in a world where everything and everybody is out to get you 24-7? How does this happen to a human being? To live in such a bizarre universe like this. Listen to this one, mid-January 2023. The folks who are in prison right now, when they get out, they're going to get activated. Oh, they're gonna- we're talking about the January 6th, you know, the seditionists, people that were charged with seditious conspiracy against the U.S. government. Those are the people we're talking about right now. They're going to, they're going to, yeah. The next Republican president needs to first pardon the January 6th dissidents and then endorse them as candidates for Congress. I want to see a Republican Congress who's the majority of January 6th people. Wow. Literal seditionists against the U.S. government. I mean, they've been charged and sentenced with this for some of these people, and they want them to run for Congress and take the government over anyways. What kind of fantasy land do these people live in? This is insane. People, that is what we need in America. People who have firsthand experienced the jackboot of our elites and our new public health dictatorship on their faces, who still have the tread marks of the jackboots on their faces, the way the Irish rebels who had survived the crackdown in 1916 and the American patriots who survived the crackdown in 1773 went on to lead their new free countries. Wait, so 1773. When did the Revolutionary War start? He's saying that it started in 1773. Yeah, it started in 1775. What's he talking about, 1773? What? And the American patriots who survived the crackdown in 1773. Oh, I guess there could have been some crackdown I was unaware of in 1773. Okay. ...on to lead their new free countries. This country now needs to be freed. It no longer is free. It is subject to something, to to a political strategy that is called anarcho-tyranny. So this dude is endorsing violence to get his way, political violence to accomplish his political goals. That's insane. I'm sorry. That is absolutely nuts. That's unhinged from reality. 
I mean, we have listened to example after example of this guy endorse and encourage theocracy and call out white genocide of all things. Claim that he's being persecuted nonstop. Claim that Democrats are being controlled by demons and something needs to be done about it. Is he ever going to come back to reality with the rest of us ever? I would love to have a coffee with this guy if he ever live you know came to the same universe as us i fear that he will never know what it's like to live with other human beings in regular real reality because he is so far out in la la land this is nuts dude let me know what you think about this guy in the comments i am morbidly fascinated by his views thank you guys for coming and giving this a listen and i will talk to you next week if you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, you can support me in a few ways. First, there's Patreon. That's probably the best way. But if you want to get something back for your support, you can check out my Teespring. I sell all kinds of shirts and coffee cups and stuff on there. You can also check out my other channels. I have a Telltale Unfiltered YouTube channel where I go through long-form videos like Kent Hovind's seminar series, Jehovah's Witnesses TV show, and televangelists prophesying about politics. And finally, you can check out my social media. If you have a question for me, the best way to ask it is to tweet it at me. I'm on there all the time so check it out all links are in the description as always anyways that's all i've got for you thanks for listening